0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. For more information, go to LifeChurchofcolumbia.org. I want to deal with a subject this morning we're calling the Twilight Zone. Um <sighs> I think there was a show like that at one time. I really don't know. I didn't, never did watch it. But it's amazing to me how God gives me sermons sometimes. Sometimes it's listening to sermons, uh, listening to teaching. I got a, a sermon out of uh, Charity's teaching on a Wednesday night. Uh, speaks to us in prayer. Uh, cherish, yeah. That's her. Uh, and God spoke to me and said that the, the body of Christ seems to be in a twilight zone. And so I didn't really know what all that meant. So in my prayer time and study time, I began to look that up. And and you may know, but if you're taking notes, it's going to be important in this sermon. Uh, The word twilight is defined by the light from the sky between night and sunrise or between day and sunset. It's that twilight. Uh, uh, Matter of fact, the word twi is when... Two dimensions are present at the same time. It's just that little area of obscurity where there's a little light and a little darkness. Are you with me? And so if the, the more you, you define that, twilight is defined by an intermediate state that's not clearly defined. In other words, it's a state of obscurity. Uh, another word that I had to look up, it's a state of ambiguity. And ambiguity means it's the state of being open to more than one interpretation. In other words, that I'm, I'm just not so convinced that you can't change my mind. It, are you following me? It, it's, a, it's a level, it's just a twilight zone. I got a little bit of light and a little bit of darkness uh, and then the... The next morning I was up early praying as I usually do out here and the sun was coming up and I got to, I got to see that twilight of what God was showing me that I could see that there was light coming up, but then I could look over on this side and it was still dark. So everything was kind of obscure. There was no definitives. <laughs> Are y'all catching up with me yet? There was no definitive, so I was just caught in between. If it was in total darkness, I could have turned the light on. Or if I was in total uh, light, I wouldn't need uh, an artificial light. Everything would be clear. And God said, it's like the body of Christ is in the twilight zone. to where there's no definitives no more. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell them, better get ready today. Better get ready today. We're going to put on our big boy drawers and (laughs) preach, okay? No, no, no definitive. So, uh, uh, and then when you, you, you tie that with uh, Twilight Zone, it's defined an ill defined area between two distinct conditions, usually comprising certain features of both. <laughs> Did y'all catch that? Twilight Zone is being in a state to where both conditions are present. Uh, in some form or fashion. So in the body of Christ, uh, it, it, it's like nobody has absolute truth. Nobody has absolute truth. And, uh, and, and that the body of Christ is open to another interpretation. So in spite of what the truth says, if I'm in the twilight zone, I'm easily persuaded uh, by another interpretation of who my God is. So, so we're going to work on that this morning, and I'm not shooting at anybody today. I just need everybody to brace yourself. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter number 5. We're going to close out the year right today. Hebrews chapter number 5, verse number 11, and I want you to, I usually don't do the screen, but are we doing the screen today? We're, he's trying to do the screen. Uh, uh, so turn in your Bibles and stay there. Because I'm going to work these scriptures today. Hebrews chapter number 5. He'll try to work it on the screen. Verse number 11. It says, Paul said, I'm going to jump right in the middle of the narrative. so To bring out my text out of context. Out of this context. Hebrews chapter number 5, verse number 11. It says, of whom we have many things to say. And they're hard to be uttered, seeing that you are dull of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need. Somebody say, you have need. I want this stuff to stand out to you. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have become such that have need of milk and not strong meat. Your translation may say solid food. Paul said, For everyone that that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is just a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, meaning fully mature, full grown man. Even those... Who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both dimensions good and evil. Therefore, six and one, therefore, leaving the princip- uh, principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Amen. Let us, I need you to look at your neighbor and say it's time to go on. Let us go on. Some of your translation says maturity. He said, okay, let's leave that adolescent, immature state of being, and let's go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God of the doctrines of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permit. Last week we talked about being strong in the Lord. I want to encourage you that you ought to go back and at least pick up the last three sermons uh, in our kingdom advance, starting with Taylor uh, on that Saturday night. Powerful truths that was poured out on that Saturday night. But last week on Sunday morning, we talked about being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And we learned that strength is the fruit of proximity to Christ. Can I get a witness? Amen. I'm only strong as it relates to how close I stay to Jesus. Amen. I have no strength within myself. Therefore, we learned that weakness is the fruit of distance. Amen. The further I draw from Christ, the weaker I become amen, because I have no strength in and of myself, amen. Uh, Matter of fact, we dealt with the scripture, we did the illustrated message with Taylor and Colby uh, that every man is tempted when he is, amen, every man is really attacked when he is drawn away. The devil can't do much to you when you stay close to Christ, but the further we get outside the shadow of the Most High, the more vulnerable we become to the enemy, Amen. So he drives us out. Amen. Uh, And Josh piggybacked that sermon Sunday night with uh, a statement. He said, strength is a deterrent of the aggression of our enemy. Being strong, amen, sometimes is your guard from your enemy attacking you. Amen. He's going to look for the weaker victim is what he preached. And Josh defines strength as the capacity of an object to withstand great force or pressure. Amen? You remember that? Now, in the kingdom of God, we know that when we talk about strength, we're not talking about muscles. Amen? We're not talking about physical strength, but we're talking about an inner strength. We're talking about a spiritual strength, if you will. So he went on to define strength as the emotional and mental capacity to withstand great force or pressure. That's what it is to be strong. The emotional and mental capacity to withstand great force or pressure. He used the scripture out of Nehemiah. See, this is why you should take notes. I'm preaching his stuff. He used a scripture out of Nehemiah that says, For the joy of the Lord is our strength. So this establishes the fact that our strength is a product of an inner disposition. Are you with me? If the joy of the Lord is my strength, then my strength is founded upon, it's a product of an inner disposition, not an external condition. A matter of fact, write the scripture down. Your Bible says in the book of Proverbs 16, "He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his own spirit is stronger than he that takes the city. It takes a stronger man to maintain me than it takes for me to overcome you." Are y'all okay this morning? Somebody say, work it, pastor. So when the Bible is talking about strength, it's talking about character. It's talking about integrity. It's talking about maturity. So today, I want to deal with strength as it relates to maturity. As a matter of fact, this entire message came from my own personal observation of the body of Christ as a whole. It seems everywhere I go in my travels, which is kind of limited, but in my travels, everywhere I go as it relates to the body of Christ, the narrative seems to be the same. And by narrative, I mean the content of conversation and the doctrine that's being used to navigate the church. It seems to me that the narrative is always about encouraging the discouraged. It seems like the narrative is always trying to strengthen the weak. It seems to me like there's more messages preached about not giving up. Don't quit. Hang in there. God understands. You're going to make it through. Amen. He, He understands your shortcomings. Amen. I got a lot to say about that, but I ain't got time. It seems like the narrative is more about being the victim instead of the victor. Uh, huh? I just need y'all to think with me a little bit. Amen. Of, of, of what conversations you have with your peers. Amen. It's, it's, it's like there's more talk about how to survive than they are on how to succeed. Oh, y'all going to have to pray for me today. Seat me up. And as a result, the narrative of the church has been hijacked. I said the narrative of the church has been hijacked by immature, childish nature of the church who needs milk instead of meat. This is exactly where Paul was. This is what Paul was talking about when he pinned these words to the Hebrews. He said, we have many things to say to you, but it's hard for us to do because you're so childish in your understanding. Paul said, there is a whole new well we could be drawing from. In other words, our narrative has been hijacked by your childishness. Uh, I'm not talking about y'all, I'm just preaching Paul's message. He said, our whole narrative has been hijacked by your childishness. Paul said, we can't go on to the greater things of God, the deeper things of God, because you're so immature you can't process anything but milk. You're you're so used to being encouraged, you never step into a realm of encouragement. We're, we're, We're so used to being the victim... That we have to build sermons on how to navigate in a victim mentality. He said. He said you have need of milk. In other words, you're always needing to be encouraged. You're oh, al- I'm, I'm not against encouragement. I, I I know we are, but you know the Bible says, "Let the strong bear the infirmities of the weak." Well, But I'm afraid we've come to the point where I'm never strong enough to help you carry yours. Uh, Are y'all gonna pray for me today? Amen. My God, man, don't bring your problems to me. I got my own. Huh? You expect me to encourage you? And it's like we're fighting over the hospital bed. No, I need to be in that bed. You get up and be the nurse. I need to be in that bed. Now, you don't know what I'm going through and I'm the one... I need somebody to smile at me, wave at me because it's going to be heavy. Amen. Are you listening to me? Uh, Amen. I'm all about this encouragement business. Amen. But Paul said it's time to go on now. It's time to go on and leave the elementary principles to where you are strong enough that when a brother does get weak, you can undergird them and encourage them and tell them it's okay, baby. I made it. You're going to make it. Amen. Away with these pity parties we call church services. Somebody say, oh, the pastor's on a rampage today. He said, amen. How can you pray for others when you always need prayer? Huh. Uh, y'all pray for me that I hold out to the end. <laughs> y'all pray for me. I'm fighting the devil. Y'all pray for me. Are you listening to me? Amen. Paul said, amen, you have reduced the narrative of the church. You've reduced the progression of the church. It's because we're all the victims. Or he's talking to upset said, you've all become victims. He said, so the Holy Ghost has narrowed my narrative down. And what makes it even worse is, he said, you ought to be teachers by now. I mean, Paul said, I wouldn't think twice about having to feed you milk. He said, I'd do it, I'd get up at midnight, I'd warm the bottle amen, I I wouldn't have a problem at all, amen, if you were new converts, if you were babes in Christ, amen, I wouldn't think it unrealistic, amen, Uh, amen, to reach past the stake and grab the gallon of milk, I, I wouldn't think anything about that, he said, but in this situation, you should have accrued, you should have accrued more strength, and maturity by now to have mastered your behavior. Mm. Mm, This is going to get thick this morning. He said, you should have by now accrued enough maturity to where you're not throwing temper tantrums no more. Amen, that, 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 that uh, uh, you, you, you've learned to master your behavior to the point that you are instructing others on how to behave. Can I tell you, we're raising a generation of kids that thinks throwing temper tantrums and getting their way is the norm because mom and dad are doing the same thing. Huh? Amen. We're training our kids that I can go into our schools and in the public place and in the marketplace. And if you do something I don't like, amen, I have not learned to master my emotions and I just puke on everybody. And now we don't know what's wrong with our kids, but we've trained them. Amen. We never exercise restraint over our emotions. You with me, Papa? Papa (laughs) Fluky? But instead, he said, I know y'all ain't going to shout with me. Jesus, you're going to have to help me. He said, instead, you have need that one teach you again. You have need that someone tells you again. You have need that someone tells you again the elementary principles, he said. Oh my god of the doctrines of christ which was repentance and faith in god in other words paul said i feel my help coming in spite of your looks amen paul said how many times have we got to talk about repentance how many times have we got to talk about faith in god How, how many times have we got to tell you just believe Just believe, believe, don't don't let the devil. He said, how many times are you going to have to, how many times are you going to have to repent over your lack of self-control? Thank you, Kamal. Paul said, how many times? How many times? Thank God for the foundation of repentance from dead works. That's activity outside the character of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank God for the foundation. But if I'm continually laying the foundation of repentance over a silly attitude, I can't build on the foundation. Are y'all with me this morning, body of Christ? Amen. How many times are are, are you going to have to repent over unbecoming behavior? He said, you haven't been taught this. You haven't been taught this. He said, all right, y'all ready? Are y'all going with me? My, we're just preaching my text this morning. For everyone that, look at your Bible. This is verse number 13. Josh, if you want to pull it up, it don't matter. Use your phone. But everyone that uses milk is, un, thank you. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful. In the word of righteousness. The word unskillful means inexperienced, untrained, and undisciplined. I need you all to write that down. I know we don't like the word discipleship no more. And we don't build disciples anymore. Uh, We cater to babies. Okay? Okay? And that's about to change. We'll cast that vision tonight. Amen. But he said, everyone that, that, that all your system can tolerate is constant encouragement, amen, and picking you up, setting you back up on your feet. It's all your system can tolerate. He said, so everyone who is constantly needing milk is unskillful. They're unexperienced, they're untrained, and they're undisciplined. And what? The word... Of righteousness. Now come on now, I'm going to teach you something. The word word comes from the word that most Bible students understand, which is logos, right? But listen to this. The word logos actually is something said or thought. Stay with me. It's something said or thought. It's also reasoning of the mental faculty. It's how you compute stuff. It's how you compute stuff. All right, let's tie it together. The word of righteousness. Righteousness is to be of equitable character indeed. Just to be honorable. It's to have character. It's to have integrity. So, to be unskillful, catch this, to be unskillful in the word of righteousness is to be inexperienced or undisciplined undis- in controlling my mental faculties are thought and reasoning that reflects on undisciplined behavior or lack of self-control. I'm going to say it again. So when he said you're unskillful in the word of righteous means you have no discipline. You are inexperienced in controlling your mental faculties of thought, feeling, speech, And therefore actions. So Paul identified this behavior as one who needs milk, a baby, one who is childish. A child does not come here knowing how to control his emotions. How does he learn? A child will throw a fit in Walmart just as well as he will in his own bedroom. Amen? He has, he, has, he has no skill whatsoever to control his disposition. He'll just fall out. Huh? What do you do when they fall out? Huh? See, nobody knows. They don't do it no more. I don't know. What do you do? I know one thing. You don't stand in Walmart blushing and turning red. You drag him up and you turn him red. Is anybody with me? I I mean, I know this ain't popular, but I'm just saying that's the way this thing works because someone has, they're unskilled in controlling their emotions. So some parent needs to be parents again, (laughs) amen, and start teaching them how to discipline their emotions. (laughs) Ha, 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 little Johnny, we don't act like that. He said the church is full of people amen, that constantly need milk because they're totally undisciplined they, they, uh, in, in controlling their mental faculties, uh, therefore their uh, behavior and disposition. And Paul said, these are those that we call babies. It's really not that embarrassing for a little one-year-old to throw a fit. But it's totally embarrassing. Y'all wait on me. Amen. When you who claim maturity are out there throwing fits because you didn't get your way. Somebody say, you preaching good, Pastor. Come on, just lie about it right now. Just lie right now. Amen. Because nobody held you accountable for the way you're behaving. Instead, we let the church change the narrative. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 11 and 16. He said, but where unto, this is Jesus. He said, "Whereunto shall I liken this generation? He said, it's like children sitting in the markets and calling to their fellows and saying, we piped for you and you have not danced. We mourned unto you and you have not lamented. Jesus said, this generation is like children always offended about something. I am preaching better than you responded. He said, said, this generation is like a bunch of kids. Always upset. Always offended. Always got my feelings hurt. He said, they were basically saying, we played happy music, you wouldn't dance. So we played sad songs, and you wouldn't mourn. He said, y'all ain't happy about nothing. Huh? We try to get the worship songs right. We try not. Oh my God! This you gotta laugh, don't you, Fluke? Amen. Huh? Why they gotta sing them songs? And why they gotta sing so many of them? And why? Huh? Are y'all all right? I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about other churches. Amen. Uh, why don't they throw a few hymns in there? My Lord. Why don't they play a little slower music and wooey music? And, and I'm always saying, come on, beef it up, Josh. Hit them drums, son. Speed this thing up. Are you listening to me? He said, they're like a bunch of children. Amen. It don't matter what you do, it ain't right. Somebody help me teach this this morning. Amen. And then we got all these people in here. Some of you's old. Some of you's young. Some of you's pretty. Some of you's old, ugly. Some of you's got hair. Some ain't got no hair. Amen. Huh? Some of you like this. Some of you like that. We all got different tastes. Amen. And we're trying to mesh into a body. Amen. And what makes it worse is we're a bunch of sport brats trapped in adult bodies. <laughs> So, I expect you to be mature because you're 30 years old, knucklehead. You're 40 years old, or you're 50 years old. But spiritually, we're still just as childish because we never exercised any discipline. We expect everybody to succumb to my feelings. Oh, God nailed me this morning. I may tell on myself in a minute. Are you? He said, This generation, you're like children. You're always offended about something. Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended. My God, is anybody listening to me? I need to pray over you right now. The spirit of offense is running around. Right. We always offended with somebody. The word offended means displeased. Amen. My God, I'm displeased with my wife sometimes. Not very often. <laughs> but, uh, somebody say, teach, teacher. He said, we played happy music and you wouldn't dance. We played sad songs and you weren't more. Jesus said, hey, amen. They said, we thought you would respond differently. <laughs> we, we, we put out some effort and we thought you would respond according to my effort. I can't work this like it needs to be worked, amen. And everybody needs to be recognized, and everybody needs to be applauded. Uh, everybody needs to be honored, amen, because I played the music and you didn't dance. Well, my God, dance your own tooth. <laughs> oh, my God, y'all pray for me. My Lord, I shouldn't have used his name like that, amen. Huh? Amen, we gotta come to a state of maturity to where my feelings are not riding on your response. You can, Jesus came in a week before his crucifixion and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Everybody laying down clothes and palm branches. Seven days later, the same people were saying, crucify him, crucify him. You know what? Jesus never lost his gate. He was headed to a crawl. Is anybody listening to me? We're so childish. If you don't do it like I do it, I'll take my toys and go play in another sandbox. Y'all help me. Somebody, somebody say it's the truth. It's the truth. Jesus said, This children, I mean, this generation is like childish children. Amen. Immature. Nothing pleases you. No matter what you do, how you do it, they're gonna be offended. Childish people are going to be offended. He said, and these scriptures never come alive to me like they have now. Are y'all okay? Uh, Well, hang in there. It'll get worse. Amen. He said, he went on in these scriptures and says, John came neither eating or drinking, meaning John was not real sociable, Courtney. I'm just going to leave that alone. Amen. John, one of the greatest men of God that ever was, he wasn't social enough for them because he wouldn't eat with them and he wouldn't drink with them. So you know what they said about him? He's got a devil. I don't know why I keep pointing at her. Amen. He's got a devil. And Jesus said, I came eating and drinking. Amen. And you say that I'm a drunk and I'm a friend of sinners and I'm a glutton. Amen. He said, childish people, it don't matter if you come as John the Baptist. It don't matter if you come as Jesus. Uh, Immature people are going to be offended. Huh? Paul said, it's time to move. Come on, I'm going out of this year into the new year with a new level of maturity. Are you going with me? Amen. Matter of fact, just this morning, God is plumb laughable sometimes. Amen. I had a plan for the new year. Amen. I'm just going to tell it, John. You know, and I said, this is what I want to do. And I wanted to make some changes. So I busted up in here. Amen. I said, guys, this is what we're going to do. I want to make some changes here and changes there. And they treated me terrible. far as i was concerned (laughs) huh amen so i said oh whoa 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 okay no changes no changes no changes here's your pacifier (laughs) no changes no changes are you listening to me amen uh but but god showed me that that, uh, i I had the opportunity right then to even govern my senses or step into a fence come on now I'm just trying to be real. Amen. Even my own wife didn't like my idea. Amen. And I just thought it was a great idea. Amen. Uh, but you know what? I said, well, maybe it ain't a great idea. And the bigger man, if it is a good idea, I still don't say I'm taking my toys and going and playing somewhere else. But it gave me the opportunity to restrain and exercise. Uh, is this real enough for you? Amen. Instead of throwing my little fit, because I do have a little authority around here when my wife gives it to me, I could have said, I don't care what you think, this is what we're gonna do, or I'll find me. Oh my God, this is too real. Paul said, My God, this you gotta go on. You gotta go on. You gotta go on. Amen. Jesus said, This generation is like a bunch of children, always offended about something. Huh? Daddy Johnny touched me. <laughs> oh, this is too real, lady. Huh? Mommy Susie's looking at me. This would be funny if it wasn't so true. In the body of Christ, and and Paul said, "It's you've hijacked the narrative." <laughs> So, everything is built around your feelings and your emotions. And and you're never given the opportunity to exercise against your will. He said, as a result, you ought to be teaching now, but I'm still having to give you, going around the same old mountain over and over and over. Paul said, it's time to change the narrative. He said, I've got so much more I want to give you, but I can't give it to you in your current immature state. What Paul was actually saying, though, is the Holy Spirit has so much more to reveal to you, but you have restricted him uh, uh, to being nothing but your babysitter. You got something so powerful that wants to co-labor with you, Amen. To advance the kingdom of God. But we've pulled him out of that role and and we've made a hallmark card out of him. That I constantly need him babysitting me so I don't quit Jesus. Something's wrong when we're trying to encourage people to don't quit Jesus. Can I get a witness? Something's wrong with the narrative when I'm just trying to constantly encourage you to have a relationship with God. There's a beginning to where I have to hold the bottle for you. But we all have to come to a state to where, you know what, I warm my own bottle today. Matter of fact, I want something a little bit more than milk. Uh He said, uh, you have restricted the true work of the Holy Spirit into being nothing but a nursemaid, and he's a good one. Amen. Uh, matter of fact, 1 Corinthians says, But it is written, I have not seen, ear is not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Yea, the deep things of God. Deep means profound. It means solid food. It means strong meat. Paul said, what I have to give belongs to them that are mature. Amen. He said, it belongs only... uh, I need you to catch this point. He said, strong meat belongs to the mature. It don't belong to children. It don't belong to kids. So there's a whole new level of the food and the strength of God that's for the most part never even deposited into the body of Christ because it don't belong to immature people. The word belong means to be the property of or to be suitable, appropriate, or beneficial to you. In other words, he said deep things belong only to deep people. Strong meat only belongs to strong people. People who have exercised their senses. The Bible is so amazing if you think about it on this level. Amen. Some are coming to the Word every day or every week. Some are coming to the Word and some are drinking milk while others are eating meat. Because the Bible will only release to you what belongs to you. Oh my God, I need y'all to get this. That's why you got people who have been saved 20 years that's still coming to the Word and drinking milk. And you get somebody that's been saved five years and they already eating meat. Because the Word will only release. But why? Because your Heavenly Father, Courtney's got Benjamin there and there's no way she would give him a steak right now. It's the safety of the Bible. It's the security of the Father. Amen. He said that's all you can. You ain't exercised your senses, meaning you hadn't done nothing with the milk I gave you to produce a level of strength that I can begin to give you meat. So so people are coming to the Bible reading the same scripture and one's drinking milk out of it while another one's getting meat out of it. Amen. You will be surprised. Are y'all hearing me? You'll be surprised how much more the Bible will release to you when you start governing your life by the milk you already have. I'm going to say that again. You will be amazed how much the Bible will start releasing you if you'll just start governing your life by the milk you've already received. Matter of fact, it's the reason some people leave churches. Amen? There's two scenarios here of why people leave churches. One reason is they're preaching strong meat. They're preaching solid food. But you need milk. And the meat don't belong to you. You don't have a palate for it. It's offensive. You can't relate to it. And you leave saying I'm not getting fed. When really you're saying they're not feeding my immaturity. Oh my God. Oh my God. Are y'all okay? I can't relate to it. I'm not receiving anything from it. Amen. When in reality, strong people are sitting right beside you that's growing from it like crazy. But on the other hand, there's others who grow to the point of needing strong meat. And the milk church can't satisfy what you're looking for. Oh my God. Somebody help me. Amen. And, and you don't know what's going on, you start feeling frustrated, you don't know why, it's because your palate is changing, you're desiring the deeper things of God, amen, and you're not getting the deeper things of God, amen, it ain't going to be long, Benjamin's palate's going to start changing, and he's going to start saying, I got enough of this milk, I need some strong meat. Amen. I want to declare to you that we're living in an hour. There's about to be an exodus out of milk churches. I'm just going to be bold this morning. Amen. There's about to be exodus out of milk churches. Amen. Because there's people who the Holy Spirit is making hungry for more. Amen. And all we're getting is some type of encouragement. I need some meat. Oh my God, is anybody, I need somebody to satisfy this inner hunger I got for more of Jesus. Oh my God, let me hurry. In Hebrews he says, but strong meat belongs to them who are mature. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern two different dimensions no longer stuck in the twilight zone. He said, a lot of these sermons being preached, you don't get nothing out of because they don't belong to you yet. They don't belong. And for a lot of people, they never will belong to you because we never exercise our mental faculties and our senses and our behaviors based on the word we already have. So we're just childish and full grown. Strong meat, solid flu, food belongs to them who's full aid? I'm going to use this word that the body of Christ don't use no, no more. Paul said that strong meat is exclusively for the mature. We want to make everybody feel welcome. We want to call ourselves a non-exclusive church. When this word is exclusive by nature, he'll <laughs> say, oops, I can't give you that meat whoops, I can't give you that meat. Uh You're still acting like a child, so I can't give you that deeper revelation. I can't give you that deeper instruction. It's the Word. He said it belongs exclusively to those who learn to maintain their senses. And how how does he do it? Strong meat belongs to them who are full age, who by reason of use, by reason of use, reason of use means To be practicing or to be in consistent repetition. I am constantly practicing. I am constantly practicing self-control. I'm not just letting my feelings do what they want to do. I'm restraining them. And every time God puts me in a position, amen, that is uncomfortable for me, that I don't like that you done or you said, it gives me an opportunity to go to the gym. It gives me an opportunity to exercise, and it's by repetition. In other words, uh, yeah, I didn't fly off the handle this time, but you know what? Hey, man, what about next time? Huh? I didn't cuss you out this time, but what about next time? I didn't get all offended, get my feelings hurt, and lay out of church for a month. Huh? He said, no, this kind of strength comes from a consistent reigning in my feelings. Oh, this stuff's got to be talked about. Huh? You don't get to act any way you want to act. No more than your children get to act any way they want to act. Huh? Come on now. I'm just being a pastor today. I got another one for you. You don't get to think any way you want to think. Huh? Is this okay? Because sometimes I want to think nasty about you. Amen? Amen? Sometimes I have to wrestle with my own thoughts because you stepped out of my line and you didn't dance when I thought you should have. You didn't mourn when I thought you should have. Amen. He said, but mature people don't carry a grudge for six months. <laughs> mature people don't get offended with you about it. Amen. They know how to rein in their feelings and emotions. And, 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 and uh, Paul said, now you're opening yourself up to a deeper narrative. Every time you maintain your feelings and emotions, amen, Uh, my my body and mind don't get to decide on Sundays if I'm going to church. Thank you for that one, yeah. It don't even get to decide if I'm going to pray or not. My feelings do not get to decide if I'm going to eat the word today. Are y'all following me? They don't get to decide. But for you who they do, amen, you're never exercising. You're never exercising, and so everything blows you out of the water. Everything, amen. We're like spoiled brats, offended about everything. And Paul said, I want to know you right now. This stuff I got for you, it don't belong to those people. Y'all wave at me say, we love you, Pastor. Can I get a big, great big I love you? Will someone blow me a kiss and make me feel? Thank you, Bobby and Russ. Amen. Are you listening to me? My God, I'm just here to tell you, church. High five your neighbor and tell them it's time to grow up. Everything is not supposed to go my way. I'm not supposed to always get my way. It gives me the opportunity to exercise my mental faculties. Oh, I love uh, that basketball player. He's pretty popular. I've seen him a time or two. He's got a commercial. LeBron James. Have y'all seen his commercial? He said, you can fine-tune this body. Have y'all seen that? I want to get that, Josh, and show it to the church. He said, everybody's worried about strength. Everybody's focused on strength. Lord, help me to remember his statement. Amen. And he's sitting there meditating. Amen. He said, but we're so focused on strength that, that, that strength is no longer our focus or something like that. I just blew that. In other words, we never work on my mental faculties of, you can say what you want to say. I know how to control me. you can act like you want to act I know how to control me you big tough guys back there amen. you want to make you want to think you strong because you can overcome a city and the Bible says you know what a man who can control his own temperament is stronger than a man who can take a whole city isn't that big hey, amen? let me show you how strong I am well let me show you how strong I am for forgiving you when you don't deserve forgiving Let me show you how mature I am to where I'm not walking around with a chip on my shoulder. I'm sick of the chip. Can y'all tell it? Amen. I dare you right now, reach over and knock the chip off your neighbor's shoulder. Because we're not going. There you go. Thank you. Amen. Some of them it may take a, you know what I'm saying? We are not going into 2020 with a chip on our shoulder. Come on. It's immaturity. Yes. Let me finish this. Who by reason of use, meaning practice it. I cannot practice forgiveness if I'm never hurt. I can't practice long suffering unless I hang out with knuckleheads. Hence, y'all have me. <laughs> right? I, I can't I have no resistance. To exercise and develop this muscle I can't practice it if I fly off the handle immediately right I I, I can't that means I'm wanting you to do what I like and if you don't do what I like I'll punish you I'll give you that old silent treatment boy this is deep ain't it listen let me let me hurry up he said The real revelation, deep things of God only belong to those who are mature, and then he explains maturity by those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised. Senses is your organ of perception or judgment, your mental, it's your computation. It's how you compute things. Now remember, I'm preaching in the twilight zone. Most people's living in the obscure area where you don't know if it's dark or light. There's no absolutes. Some people, when you come up and talk to them, I don't know if I'm talking to the you you was yesterday (laughs) or the you you are today. When, when, When you walk up and talk to some people, you don't know if you're talking to them or everything they went through yesterday. Oh, my God. huh? Because all I'm getting from you is all of the... A response based on how somebody else treated you. I didn't treat you bad. I just said hello. Are, are y'all with me? He said, it, strong meat belongs to them who by reason of use have their senses exercised. Here's the word I was really trying to get to. Exercise means exerted, used, trained, disciplined afflicted, rendered uneasy. Are are, are y'all with me? He said, strong meat belongs to those who has put their senses through a workout. And no matter how you act, I don't react. Why? Because I'm mature. I'm strong. Amen. He said, and these people who are strong, and, and have exercised, have been through enough, have denied themselves enough, have restrained their own feelings and emotions enough, he said, they'll be able to discern good from evil. They'll be able to discern. They're not living in a twilight zone. That one time they're operating in darkness, and the next time they're operating in light. He said, but they're able to discern. In other words, mature people is able to put darkness where it belongs, and light where it belongs. Are you following me? In in, in spite of my situation and circumstances and conditions, Amen. Uh, uh, mature people can can differentiate between the two, and 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 controls his own spirit. So Paul said, "Let's go on." Somebody shout that with me. Let's go on. Let's go on. Amen. Let's go on. Amen. Uh, to we come to the part you, where you say, you know what? I've learned to discipline my senses. Amen. I've learned to discern to make good judgments in spite of my emotions. And so now I'm not running around. Oh, my Lord, listen to me. Repentance as it is related to dead works is just recovery from bad judgment. I'm going to say that again. Repentance as it relates to just dead works, is my recovery from a bad judgment. He said, but mature people will discern between the two and make good judgment. Instead of having to run around, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have acted like that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Are y'all with me? He said, let's go on and quit laying the same foundation of repentance from dead works. He said, let's move into a state of maturity to where I'm exercising self-control. A lot of us are in constant condemnation over where we let our mind go. Can I help you for just a few minutes? You're not the only one that your mind would like to take you into oppression I just need y'all to wave at me if y'all no no you're not the only one that your mind wants to take you into anxiety you're not the only one that your mind wants to take you into insecurity you're not the only one the only difference between you and that one that you see so stable is they've learned to exercise restraint on their senses saying, I'm not letting you go there today. I'm not letting you go there today. And, and, and listen, I want to close this out with this, these scriptures in the book of Psalms. Write this down, Psalms 84 and 5. But before I read these, I need you to look at your neighbor and tell him, it's time for you to grow up, dude. <laughs> huh? Tell, it, tell them what on the other side. It's time you get that chip off your shoulder. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, you pointing at me? <laughs> huh? Tell them, you ain't going into 2020 in that childish attitude. I got a better one for you. Why don't you say, I'm not going into 2020 in this childish state. Now... I'm going on. I get a whole new year to start all over. It's fresh. Amen. I said, this new year's fresh. It ain't been contaminated by my childhood. So I'm going to step out into a brand new year. Uh, Is that good? Hey, thank God for a new beginning. Huh? Amen. Some of you right now want to make up your mind. I'm taking off my poopy diaper and I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it in 2019, and I'm putting on my pull-ups. I'm coming into the new year, and as you begin to exercise this kind, uh, somebody's got to stop and teach this stuff. Amen. Because sometimes your shout is equivalent to emotional fanaticism that's no different from the temper tantrum you throw. It's just on the other end of the scale. Did y'all catch that? Huh? Now I believe we ought to get excited in the church, but sometimes we get emotional over a positive thing because our emotions are out of whack anyway, and we would get just as emotional over a negative thing. He said, I'm trying to get you to level it out. Did y'all catch all that? I'm trying to get you catch up to where I'm controlling my feelings and emotions. I'm controlling my mind and my thoughts. It's called strength. It's called maturity. This is what strength looks like, and we'll get out of here. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, O Lord, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca, they'll make it a whale. Huh? Did y'all catch it? They go from strength to strength. This is what strong people look like. Everybody goes through hell. Everybody goes through the valley. Everybody gets attacked by the enemy. Everybody's got some situations and circumstances that don't have nothing to do with the devil, don't have nothing to do with you. It's life. Right? We all end up in a valley. He said, but strong people will turn that valley into a well. The baka means discontentment. It means crying, it means weeping, it means complaining. He said, let me tell you what strong people will do. They'll take all of that adverse situation and circumstances, instead of letting it pull their feelings and emotions into the pit with it, they'll turn it into a well, which means a source of strength. When you become mature, opposition takes you to another level of strength, not weakness. They go from strength to strength. I can't grow stronger if I don't go through nothing. And I can't grow stronger if I don't start exercising my senses. I mean, just look at the natural... If I want to grow my muscles... If I want to grow my muscles i got to have resistance and i got to have repetition. repetition. He said, well, do you know you grow your mind the same way? You grow your mental faculties and all your senses the same way by standing and resisting the uh, temptation to be childish. Stand with me all over this place. Was this too deep this morning? Was it, was it too much? Was it too much? I need you to help me pray before we leave here. Because Life Church is made up of multiple components, not one. Life Church is not made up of Pastor Love, it's made up of Cody's, Sister Griffin's. Alicia's, Mike's. It's made up of all of us. So I can't change the narrative of this body by myself. It's going to take all of us. Childish people, hear my heart as your pastor, are destroying the reputation. Of the body of Christ I, I understand the the mindset God don't need us to defend him but if I represent him I should rep, I should protect his reputation and there's people who comes and sits in this church and looks around and says yeah I seen that one acting a fool I seen that one coming in this church right here just this one church saying really? you gonna stand there and lift your hands? and I seen you out there showing your I don't know if y'all know it I'm the pastor of this church I know what's happening people look on your Facebook page and see you on a childish rant and say, them folks are connected to Life Church. In their eyes, you ain't saved. In my eyes, you're just childish. I'm not saying you're not saved, we're just childish. Because nobody's teaching like this, no. There's no definitives in your life. Everybody's got to have a line that they will not cross. Oh my God, are you listening to me? Not living in the twilight zone. To where there's just as much darkness as there is light, you know what? We got to come to a place of maturity to where we tell self, self, you will not act like this. You are a child of God. You represent the Father, but you're out here behaving like children, only to come in here. here no, let me release you. This will help Life Church more than anything, and I hope the TV's off. I don't know. Don't care. Here's what would help us more is ever how you're behaving out there behaving here the same way. And then we can spank you. We're taking members today too. Are are y'all following me? But what's killing us is you, you put on childishness out there and come in here in fake maturity. Oh my God. I'm tired of children hijacking the narrative of this church. I'm tired. I don't want to keep laying this foundation. Are y'all with me? Josh, I want us to be able to teach the deep things of God to people who have corrected themselves and don't need accountability partner coming out saying, you shouldn't be talking like that. You shouldn't be drinking that. He said, He said in the Old Testament, he said the priest can't discern good and evil no more. There's such a a diluted gospel being preached. Nobody knows what's black and white anymore. Oh, are y'all hearing your pastor's heart? I don't want to go into the new year having to clean up behind childish people. I want to storm hell in 2020. I want to take this community over for Jesus. Are y'all with me? I want to be a body with a bunch of mature people. The Bible says if you can't run with a footman, how are you going to run with horses? In other words, if you're, in, if you're offended in a friendly environment, you're not ready to go out there and face the world. Paul said it's time to go on. I may not have no tact. I may not present this stuff right. But I want you to hear my heart. I'm begging you, let's go on. Let's move on let's move on, let's grow up let's go on to the deeper things and quit laying this foundation to where I start exercising my feelings my emotions and I start turning bad situations into an opportunity for me to glorify God and as a result I get stronger and stronger I'm just going to give a corporate altar call right now And if you were standing there thinking while I was preaching, I know who he's talking to. You missed it. You missed it. Some of you sitting there thinking, man, are we so and so to have been here today? Pastor's getting them. But I tell you, I'm preaching to you, and I'm preaching to me, and I'm preaching to us. And the Holy Ghost is saying, If you'll allow me, I'll change the narrative of this church and you'll start walking in dimensions and receiving revelations that only belong to the strong. Drama is the fruit of childishness and it don't belong in the body of Christ. Your drama. Is the fruit of your childishness and it don't belong in the body of Christ unless it's relative to your age. Kids are going to mess up and us parents are here to correct them. But some of us have been saved too long to be, be behaving like we behave. Can I get a great big amen right there? We've been saved too long. I want to pray over you. And so if I... If you were able to receive the word, I just want you to receive right now. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to LifeChurchofcolumbia.org.